Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. What's your New Year's resolution? Maybe it's to finally get in shape, learn a new language, an instrument. Here's one for you. How about a new car? Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. They'll work with you to ensure you get the car you want at a price point you can afford. All you've got to do is go visit Brian, Mason, and the crew and let them take care of you through the easiest, most seamless car buying process around. How can they best serve you? To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! Again, it's Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister in the guest co-host chair at Colin Brister on Twitter. I survived Disney World. A seven-year-old, a three-year-old, all my in-laws, my wife's two brothers, one sister, parents. It was a lot, but I made it up early every day, going to bed late every day, but I survived. It was a little bit of a different experience than I'm used to with Disney World. I've been going to Disney World with my family, first with my brothers and my parents, now with my family pretty much every year for the last 15 years. Most families go to the beach. We go to Disney World. I am Disneyed out. The magic isn't there anymore, but we had fun. Good time. Happy to be back, though. A whole hell of a lot happened while I was gone. Colin, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, I'm glad Disney went well. Uh, it's always a fun experience, but yeah, it's uh 
it's not been quiet since you left for sure. It was pretty nice. I got up really early for Rise of the Resistance on Wednesday morning. And that night, Tuesday night before, we went to Magic Kingdom and got kind of wrapped up in everything. It's for the kids, okay? Yeah. Whether or not I'm enjoying myself doesn't matter. It's for the kids. <laughs> but I had a good enough time, and I got up early for Rise of the Resistance. I think there was a question about that, too, that we'll get to. I completely forgot about Ole Miss playing a basketball game on Tuesday night. So did Ole Miss. Yeah, to wake up and see that they scored 47 points in a loss at Texas A&M, 18 points in the second half, blew the first of two double-digit second-half leads, the second one coming against Arkansas. It's not a good place for Ole Miss basketball to be in, and it's pretty precarious for Kermit Davis in his second year. Yeah, it's a tough spot, man. They they just don't look good. And then, you know, you, you worry about them scoring the basketball, and they're, they're finally able to put the ball in the hole on Saturday, and they blow an eight-point lead to Arkansas with four minutes left. I mean, it's, it just feels like one thing's going – it, it kind of feels like the inverse of last year, whereas they caught a little bit of some breaks last year. feels like they're paying for that a little bit this year, too. A question about basketball and other topics coming up in the mailbag. We'll diagnose the problems with Ole Miss basketball. But first, before we really get started here, let me tell you about Impact by Ironwood and Sola, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right. Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. So a few years ago, a multi-generation Ole Miss family set out to do something a little different in the world-renowned Oxford culinary community. They wanted to bring a true wine bar to the square. Upon opening the wine bar in 2013, they discovered they had one of the Southeast's best young chefs in Erica Leip. Fascinated by diverse cultures and tastes, Erica proved herself to be a true visionary when pairing food and drink, constantly discovering new pairings, and creating seasonal offerings that took the classics everyone loves and twisting them up a notch to create something truly unique. Fast forward to 2019, the family felt that their food offerings were being undervalued and decided to lean on Erica's incredible culinary talents and rebrand the wine bar into one of the best restaurants in the Southeast. Enter Sola, bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks as served by Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com or give them a call at 662-238-3500. Also remember to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, using the at MS on all platforms. Sola in Oxford on the Oxford Square. We got to get to the mailbag, but there was some staff news come down on Monday. Um, as first reported by the Ole Miss Spirit, Derek Nix has been rehired by Ole Miss as the wide receivers coach. Not running backs, wide receivers. We'll talk about that. And Freddie Roach is off to the New York Giants. We'll talk about that as well. But briefly, your thoughts on two big staff moves for Lane Kiffin. Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting how the Derek Nix situation went down because initially we figured that he would be retained. And, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, he was informed he was no longer part of the staff, correct, and then brought back. Wonder if he gets some buyout money for that. But anyways, um, yeah, you know, look, I thought D Nix always should have been retained. I was never going to be vocal about that, but 
I kind of think he's a guy that's, that's a linchpin in Mississippi recruiting. And he's probably a guy like that, that you need to have on the staff. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good hire by Kiffin. Uh, Roach feels like a guy that was never given certainty as to whether he was on the staff or not. So you can't really blame him uh, for taking a for sure opportunity when, I mean, it's not been officially released. He was part of this staff going forward. So I can't really fault him too much. I didn't cut off my phone last week, so I continued to get messages from sources and friends and people I talked to in regards to this job. And I'd heard that Freddie Roach had some opportunities in the NFL. The Giants is not one I'd heard. But he did have opportunities. He's now off to the Giants, and he's secured himself a spot for at least a couple of years. Joe Judge, I think, got a five-year deal with the New York Giants. So he's got stability there. So good for Freddie Roach. And you're right, I think not having any guarantees under Lane Kiffin certainly – potentially, I guess, played a role in that. So Freddie Roach is gone. I got some thoughts on Freddie Roach, Derek Nix coming up in the mailbag. Let's open it up. The mailbag brought to you by Modern Woodman. Mail time. The the mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. No easy way to jump into the mailbag other than just to go for the first question. The very first one we see. David Roberts at DRoberts427. Why hasn't the national media discussed any interest in the booster paying funds embezzled from a children's hospital to pay football players and the lady in the NCAA to take any action at all? That's a very strange sentence, not one I truly understand, but I get where you're coming from in regards to why hasn't the national media talked about the LSU scandal. I can't speak for the national media, honestly. Dan Wolken, Pat Forty, all of those guys have all proven to be inconsistent at best, agenda-driven at worst, and how they pick and choose which stories to consistently hammer. But your question, though confusing, is a fair one. Um, I've asked it myself. What we know is an LSU booster directed money to football recruits that was intended for pediatric cancer patients. There's no questioning that fact anymore. John Paul Funes pleaded guilty to stealing over $500,000 from a Louisiana charity that benefits a local hospital. And he said he gave $180,000 of that money to James Alexander, the father of a former Tiger star. Wolken, in a tweet back in the summer, I think wrote he needed to learn more about the situation. Forty has been completely silent. They've done little or no original reporting on the matter. So what we can assume is either they don't care because, in their estimation, LSU is a college football blue blood, or they're simply selective. Ole Miss to them wasn't in its place, so they went hard. Regardless, they've been exposed for the hacks that they are, but you already knew that. And my advice would be to not put an ounce of credence into anything they report. Walken, for example, is a clown of epic proportions. He only breaks, (laughs) quote, news— when it's spoon-fed to him by Thomas Mars or an athletics director such as the one at Tennessee who has a narrative that he or she is attempting to push. Woken can't come to grips with that fact and thinks that the local media covering Ole Miss is cultish and clannish, something he said of me and Neil McCready, when in reality, he's an agenda-driven, thrice-fired, angry little troll that has no respect from anyone in this field. He can kick rocks. Stop worrying about him. 
Yeah, uh, I can't. I mean, I echo everything you said. I, I did, you know, obviously. Well, not, I shouldn't say obviously. Dan Walken has blocked me on uh, Twitter.com, so I can't see anything <laughs> that he tweets. Oh, yeah, man. It, I enjoyed that one. Um, but he, he wrote today, apparently, that we should be talking about the LSU, uh, the, this situation. He wrote it today on the day of the national championship oh, game. Oh, good grief. <laughs> like that, uh, you know. We couldn't have been talking about it three months ago, but now that LSU is playing for a national title tonight, by God, we should talk about it. You've had since July, Dan, to talk about it, <laughs> and you haven't done it. Oh, that man. makes it worse, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. Good grief. Tucker Italiano, at Tucker Italiano, good friend of the program. Who is y'all's preferred quarterback next season based off of this year in Kiffin's offense? Colin. Matt Corral. I know John Rice Plumley did some good things at quarterback last year. Um, I thought the way that they did corral was kind of unfair to make him the face of the program. And then after four games, put him on the bench. Um, if you look at corral statistics, he didn't have a bad year for a red shirt freshman completed right at 60% for 7.6 yards per attempt or so to, uh, I think it was four touchdowns, two interceptions, obviously not a big sample size, but if you were given, you know, if you extrapolate that out, it's a pretty good year for a red shirt freshman quarterback. So I still think there's a chance that he develops into a pretty good quarterback. Uh, and I think Ole Miss should give him that opportunity. Honestly, I'm all in with John Rice Plumley, and I'll tell you why. He set records as a rusher, and forgive me if I never viewed Matt Luke and Rich Rodriguez as the coaches well-suited to develop him as a passer. In 2017, Lane Kiffin, with a quarterback that was a statue, led one of the nation's highest-octane offenses. He ran a hybrid Alabama with Jalen Hurts slash Baylor offense, but without anyone who could really throw the ball consistently or be an elite runner from the quarterback spot. Now, there will always be questions about Plumlee's throwing ability until he actually does it. But if Kiffin can pull it out of him, and I believe he can, I believe Plumlee has the potential to be special. Ole Miss fans are spoiled by immediate returns from first-year yeah. starting quarterbacks, be it Bo Wallace or Chad Kelly, Shea Patterson to an extent, Jordan Tiamu. It's been a while since Ole Miss has had a three- or four-year starting quarterback, and those guys take time, take development. Matt Corral, same thing. So give Kiffin some time with Plumlee before you write him off. Yeah, I mean, that, that's certainly fair. Uh, you know, I just kind of viewed Matt Corral in the same light, though. Um, and, and I'm not saying either one of them. No, that's wrong, completely but, fair. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think they have to pick a quarterback though, right? Like, I don't think we can do this two quarterback thing, you know, for another year. Like, I think you have to pick a dude and if that dude's Matt Corral, then figure out ways to play Plumlee in packages and at other positions. And if it's Plumlee, just ride with him. I mean, one way or the other, have a quarterback and make sure that quarterback is known. And I think Lane Kiffin will, and he will only change quarterbacks if that quarterback that he did pick isn't performing. So I agree right. with you. You pick a quarterback, whoever it is, and you roll with him. And if it happens to not be John Rice Plumley, they will find a way to get that kid the ball. Ty, yeah. at a true rebel underscore 99, what's your take on the Mike Leach hire at Mississippi State? Man, to explain to you my surprise when I saw that, I think I was standing in line for the Seven Dwarves Mine Train in Magic Kingdom. <laughs> the shock that came over me. Leach was the best possible hire Mississippi State could have made considering the time frame in which they were attempting to make a hire. Now, it's still a strange fit. I always viewed Ole Miss as the perfect landing spot if Leach ever decided to make the leap to the SEC, which we all knew he wanted to do eventually. But all the recruiting people I trust and talk to regularly have had reservations about Leach to Ole Miss because, as his track record has shown, he has absolutely no interest in recruiting. 
Mississippi State relies almost exclusively on in-state recruiting. So I don't know if it'll work, but make no mistake, Mike Leach is going to go turn some two-star, three-star, lightly recruited quarterback into an absolute dynamic baller down there. But Kiffin, in my mind, carries far more upside. And I think the rivalry is about to be significantly diffused, and I'm all for that. Neither yeah. Kiffin or Leach is going to put much, if any, stock into it. They like each other. They're friends. The greatest thing about all of it is that because Elijah Moore did the DK Metcalf and hiked his leg and pretended to pee, Mississippi football has completely shifted from national irrelevance to absolutely fascinating on a national stage. And we've been waiting for this kind of attention since, what, 2014? College yeah. football matters in this state again, and I love that. Yeah, no, that's, that's completely right. I don't, I don't think there's going to be some toxic, toxicity levels to the Egg Bowl that there were the past few years. Uh, you've got coaches that, you know, like each other, whereas Hugh Freeze and Dan Mullen couldn't stand each other. The same with Nutt. I don't think there was some, you know, hatred between Matt Luke and Joe Moorhead, but, you know, it, it, you were coming so, so fresh off of some coaches that didn't like each other that it played into it. Now you've got guys that are that are friends and yeah, I don't think that rivalry is going to be played up at all uh, under these two. I think, yeah, I'm with you, though, as far as, as Mike Leach. I think I've always said Mike Leach is a great football coach uh, from an X's and O's standpoint. The issue here is uh, if you're going to win at a high level in the SEC, you've got to be more than just a great X's and O mind. Um, so we'll see. He's got to be able to recruit. And, you know, I think we'll get that answer, uh, you know, within the first year or two. If he's able to, to land top classes at Mississippi State, then uh, they, they've certainly got a chance to do something special there. My immediate reaction was I always wanted Mike Leach in the SEC, but not like this. Not like that. <laughs> yeah, not Arkansas like that. or Missouri or something, right? Yeah. Ole Miss, but not like <laughs> yeah. this. Not like that. But I'm happy for Mississippi State, and I know that's blasphemous to say on an Ole Miss podcast, but I am. I'm glad they made a hire that worked for them that was the best hire they could make now. Somewhat uninspiring because you have to understand that Mike Leach is what he is at this point. I don't know what the upside is. Yeah. I do agree that it's a drastic improvement from Joe Moorhead to Mike Leach, but those local media in Starkville are in for a rude awakening from what they got used to under the previous two head coaches. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Mississippi State was going to hire Joe Judge, and I realized the New York Giants hired him, but I think they wound up with a better football coach than than what they were going to with Judge. Just Man, the NFL and college football, just because of recruiting, is such a different animal. I think Joe Judge would have been great. I really, really? Do. Yeah, I like that idea. I like what you're going for there. You're going for the upside play and a long-term situation to where if he does win big and he does leave, though he was a Mississippi State grad or whatever it might be, if he does leave, he sets you into a position to where you can go hire whoever you want. Same thing with Lane Kiffin. If he does win here big and he leaves, so what? You're in a better position now than you would have been had you continued with Matt Luke or Mississippi State's case, Joe Moorhead. Mike Leach is there to stay. Mike Leach is close to retirement. <laughs> so Mississippi State, <laughs> you're making a hire to where Mike Leach is the guy until he says he's not. Yeah, yeah. There there are zero other uh, 59-year-olds that Mississippi State could have hired that uh, would have excited this fan base. Yeah, I, I love Mike Leach. I'm never going to knock Mike Leach. It's just strange <laughs> that he's ringing a cowbell and he's a Mississippi State guy. Jared <laughs> Robinson at Jared underscore R25. If Plumlee ends up not starting or contributing in baseball, do you think he may quit to focus on football? Absolutely not. John Rice yeah. Plumlee will always play baseball. He loves baseball, and he will contribute in some form or fashion before his days as an Ole Miss Rebel are over. If you made me guess which player, Plumlee or Ely, ultimately quits baseball for football, I'm going with Ely because he's far more toolsy than anything right now baseball-wise. He's all potential. 
I could see him receiving hype as a potential first rounder in football entering his junior season and focusing strictly on football. But if I were a betting man, I'd wager Plumlee and Ely both play both sports for three years. They love baseball. I would too. That's the, that's the thing. Um, people see Plumlee out there playing football and, and, you know, are enamored with his ability to run the football and I completely get it, but um, you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I know I'm pretty confident. I'm correct in this. Jerron Ely prefers baseball to football. Now his future might be in football, but I think he would rather play fo- baseball than football. If, if he had to choose, I'm not sure on Plumlee, but these guys love that sport. They're not just going to give it up after, you know, two months of sitting on the bench, There's a lot of friends sit on the bench. That's, that's the way it works. So, uh, no, I, I expect both of those guys to play for, I'll say two years simply because I think Ely may have to do in the third year the NFL combine stuff, but we'll see how that works out. All things equal, yes, Jerrion Ely prefers baseball to football, but Kyler Murray did too. Sure. And ultimately it's about where you get your payday first. A lot of guys when they're looking at millions and millions of dollars in the NFL, though baseball contracts are unlike any other, but very few guys get to that point. There's a far more miss rate than hit rate in Major League Baseball in the minor league systems. So if you're seeing millions and millions of dollars from an NFL first-round contract, yeah, I want to jump on that. I want to get my first contract now and then get to my second contract rather than run the risk of, though I love baseball, going to those minor league systems and not working out. You only get one shot at this. So Kyler Murray preferred baseball. But football, you just go with what pays. And I think Jerry Ely ultimately will go with what pays, and that's football. But still, I think both of those guys, unless the combine stuff comes into play his junior year, are going to play baseball. I think they want to play baseball. Nope. And if you're writing off John Rice Plumley and his abilities as baseball players, I think you're in for a surprise. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think, honestly, if you told me one of those two were the starting center fielder in May, I'm not totally shocked. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be February. I don't think right. it's going to be March. But mid-April, May, yes, I could buy that. I could certainly buy that. Like right now, Justin Bench, Cade Sammons, those are the guys I'm looking at as the potential starting center fielder day one. Yeah, I I lean more towards Sammons, but yeah. I lean more toward Bench because I think Bianco and staff would like to have more veterans in the lineup, and they like Bench. I like Bench, and you're going to find a place to put him. But you can also see Bench playing right field. Yeah, you know – I don't know if I can say this, but Mike put bench at second base in his D1 uh, projections. So, um, you know, I, I'm interested to see just how that fills out. I don't know if we have any baseball questions, but they've got a lot of moving parts they're going to have to fill out over the next few weeks. That would surprise me only because Peyton Chatagnier was so good and they've been talking him up as their second baseman. Mike always defaults first to the veteran Yep. before he goes with youth. Doug Nikhazy started in the bullpen last year. Ryan Rollison started his Ole Miss career where? In the bullpen. He's going to default to veterans first before he goes with the talent and the upside. But Derek Diamond's going to start on the weekend, so who knows? That's what I was just supposed to say, yeah. <laughs> who knows? Gunnar Hoagland started on the weekend. Like, who knows? Who knows? But I'd be surprised if Justin – Justin Bench is going to be somewhere. That's what we know. Yes, yes. Probably with, hitting in the number two hall. Yes. And it's going to be second base or center field – I guess all of that depends on Peyton Chatagnier because Justin Bench has the versatility to move anywhere you need him to go except for catcher. James Bruno (laughs) at James underscore A underscore Bruno. Who do you all think the last two on-field assistants will be? All right. It's three now, isn't it? No, it's two because they hired Derek Nix. Here we go. I'm going to talk for a little while here. I got a lot of thoughts. 
David Johnson reported on Sunday, former Ole Miss running backs coach Derek Nix has been rehired by Lane Kiffin as Ole Miss's new wide receivers coach. You know that by now. Alex Marvez of Sirius XM was first to report defensive line coach Freddie Roach leaving Ole Miss to take the same position for the New York Giants under Joe Judge. Judge and Roach are longtime friends. They previously coached together at Alabama. In short, Kiffin now has two hires to make. But first on Knicks, the move makes a ton of sense. Yes, Lane Kiffin pursued T. Martin, Frank Wilson, but I was told Kiffin mentioned recently, like in the last couple of days, the need for an ace Mississippi recruiter on staff. And Knicks then immediately re-entered the picture. It's obvious, but bears repeating, all coaches aspire to be head coaches. They don't aspire to be an offensive line coach or a wide receivers coach or a running backs coach. They can all coach any position group if you ask them to. Tyler huh. Siski was over the entire operation in regards to Ole Miss recruiting. But at South Alabama, he was coaching tight ends. They can all coach a position group if they need to. Kiffin knows this, so he's filling out his entire staff with recruiters. He's the coach. There will be no discernible difference in how Ole Miss's wide receivers perform under Knicks than they did under Jacob Peeler. And Knicks, meanwhile, can attack a 2021 Mississippi receivers class that he already has deep ties with from Isaiah Brevard of South Haven, Deion Smith of Jackson, Antonio Harmon of Kosciuszko, Brandon Buckhalter of Flowood, MJ Daniels of Loosedale, Cameron Wright of South Panola. Jeez. Buck, Halter, and Daniels are already committed. You can dismiss anything you've heard about Derek Nix and know this because it's the truth. Derek Nix has had his hand in some form or fashion in every meaningful Mississippi prospect signed by Ole Miss the last, I don't know, six or seven years. He fought for Snoop Connor. He was primarily responsible for Dennis Jackson and Jonathan Mingo, two wide receivers, as well as Jerrion Ely. Suffice to say... I applaud the move, and I don't have any relationship with Knicks outside of when we see each other sharing pleasantries. I don't do that access stuff with Derek Knicks, something that has been put out there on the interwebs, the message boards, Ole Miss Spirit, Rebel Grove, wherever it is, that the Spirit is beholden to Derek Knicks. But I'm not beholden to Derek Knicks. Chuck isn't. David isn't. As far as the other open position, It'll likely come on the defensive side. We know that they need to hire a defensive line coach, but D-backs, cornerbacks, Chuck Ronsville, my publisher at the Ole Miss Spirit, first reported on Monday he heard Kiffin recently interviewed Devin Bush, senior of Michigan, Kenneth wow. Grillstrap, the cornerbacks coach at Middle Tennessee, Kevin Whiteley, the cornerbacks coach at Georgia Southern. Other coaches under consideration include, but certainly aren't limited to, because we don't know for an absolute fact. But former Ole Miss staffer Jason Jones, who coached cornerbacks under Kiffin at FAU, Marcus Woodson of Auburn. I feel like Marcus Woodson has been on the verge of coming to Ole Miss for the last <laughs> decade. Every so is Frank Wilson. Year. Right. Frank Wilson coming back. He's coming back to Ole Miss. Obviously, Kiffin is looking for an additional defensive backs coach. Blake Gideon and co-DC Chris Partridge will assist in the secondary as well. DJ Durkin, if I had to guess, will handle linebackers. For defensive line, the long-rumored potential addition of Taj Lepoy, it's officially dead. He joined the Atlanta Falcons. Don't oh, be okay. surprised if Kiffin tries once more to bring Chris Kiffin back. Kiffin is a pass rush specialist for the San Francisco 49ers. His show calls is over. It might look bad optically, but who cares? Who cares? Let me ask this, though. Um, does it matter that he's not going to be able to be here to recruit until probably the 1st of February? No. Okay. He's not changing anybody's minds or landing any kids in three weeks. Who cares? The guys on 
campus, those coaches on campus right now, those are the guys that are going to be responsible for how the rest of the 2020 class fills out. How does uh, Freddie Roach going to New York uh, affect McKinley Jackson? I think it's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Do I think it's over? No. He's always going to be there. But Freddie Roach was not the reason McKinley Jackson was or wasn't coming to Ole Miss. Ole Miss had already fallen behind. Matt Luke moves on. They fall behind even more. Freddie Roach was not going to be the reason he comes back. A lot's going to have to go Ole Miss's way to get McKinley Jackson to Ole Miss. We'll see how it plays out, but you don't ever make a hire or worry about anything based on one kid. No kid is worth that, period. Not even McKinley Jackson, who is dynamic. I wouldn't be surprised if Lane tries to get Chris Kiffin back. The show calls, like I mentioned, is over. It might look bad optically. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Who cares? Optics don't mean anything as far as wins and losses go. Kiffin, as I reported on this podcast about a month or so ago, was one of the first few names Kiffin and Ole Miss floated to the SEC offices for approval. Now, you don't need the SEC office to approve a coach. You can hire them anyway, but the office will basically say, okay, if you hire this guy and something goes wrong, you're on your own. He wasn't given the green light with Chris Kiffin. We'll see if he goes for it again, if he tries to circle back and get approval again. Other than Chris Kiffin, I don't really know of any other names for the defensive line, though potential candidates could pop up this week. I think the coaches' conventions this week, and that's when you start to really see some moving and shaking. Uh, they all come back January 15th, so two days from now. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, coaches' convention will be – I think that's a pretty big uh, thing to keep an eye on for Ole Miss for sure. Absolutely. Anytime there are open staff positions, regardless of the school, the coaches' convention, always watch for that. They're right beside each other. You need a spot? Yeah, they go hire each other. That's the way it goes. I would love to go to one of those coaches' conventions because you know they're just all hammered going, ah, I need a defensive line coach. What are you doing now? You know, they, they love to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, some of them in there hate each other. It's probably a good time. Yeah. This is a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Talk of Champions is brought to you by the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood in Cheney's Pharmacy. A new year always brings about change. For you or someone close to you, that change could be finally finding the dream home. Enter the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, an innovative new development from John Welty Realty. Located just up north Lamar, blocks from the Oxford Square, the Lamar offers 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses. Only a few steps from your front door, a grocery store, brewery, shops, and other amenities. Build out on these modern open concept homes is happening, so get in now. Call them today at 662-816-2782. You can also reach out via email, hello at the lamarms.com. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood and proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. A new year has arrived. 2020 is here, and it's time to assess whether you're using the pharmacy that best fits your needs. For you, the Ole Miss fan, the only place to go is Cheney's Pharmacy. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221. You can visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Somebody at E underscore S underscore 15. Who is the starting tight end next year? I believe it'll be somebody not currently on the roster. Like six okay. foot seven Juco tight end Austin Griffin. He's a four-star prospect according to 247 Sports. Signed with Boise State, I believe, out of high school 
He'd commit to Ole Miss tomorrow. He doesn't yet have an Ole Miss offer, some checkered stuff in his past. But since we don't know that person yet, I'll go with ULL transfer Chase Rogers, mainly because I've always liked that kid since his days at St. Stanislaus. He's the only candidate that isn't currently in high school. Right. Um, Yeah, that's the safe bet. So I I would take him. He's the only guy on the roster right now. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. It's bad. I do like some of the guys they signed, some of the guys they're in on. But, yeah, that's a tough, tough position right now for Ole Miss. Tight end. And Lane Kiffin offenses need a good tight end, correct? Yeah. I mean, he's utilized them. I certainly – I mean, Lane forces the ball to his best player, and his best player was his tight end this year. But – yeah, I mean, he had O.J. Howard at Alabama, and, and this guy at FAU this year was up for the Mackey Award or won the Mackey Award. So, yeah, I mean, it, a tight end's a big deal in his offense. Darby McCraney at Darby underscore Dimes. Your thoughts on why the basketball team is playing the way that it is, sure. and how do you remedy? He put remediate. Remedy <laughs> the problems. I'll let you go first because i got some numbers I want to pull up. All right, good. Um Look, when, when Brian's not scoring the basketball, this team can't score the basketball. Um, so that's the first problem. Everybody's focusing their attention to Brian because he's the only person that can score. Devontae Shuler, for whatever reason, cannot hit a shot this year. Um, K.J. Buffett and Blake Henson have both regressed and are not really good basketball players right now. Um, Sammy Hunter didn't get the summer in, and he frankly can't stay on the floor. Uh, I don't think uh, Hadeem C's been bad. I just don't think he's been that good either like i think he's he's been okay uh the the freshmen have not produced to a level that you probably would have hoped that they did with with crowley and again uh hunter uh dude column plays hard doesn't look like he's ready though so it just kind of feels like there's a i don't know andy kennedy once said that uh is a collection of misfit toys kind of feels like what this team is right now right now it just hasn't clicked but i wrote a story the good the bad and the ugly on sunday Here are the stats. Everyone's focused on the offense, but Ole Miss has an overall defense that is among the worst in the conference. Ken Palm has Ole Miss with a 98.1 adjusted defensive efficiency, which is good for 119th in the country. The Division I average is 100.4. On the positive side, Ole Miss has limited opponents to less than 30% shooting from three, which is 50th in the country. But the underlying concern there is they're still bad meaning the low three-point percentage against could indicate a bit of luck on the Rebel side. Could the results actually get worse as those three-point misses average out? Ole Miss is 193rd in two-point percentage against, 49.7. Additionally, Ole Miss has given up a career night to an opposing player way too often. Western Michigan's Brandon Johnson was first. He had 21 points, 8 of 12 from the floor, 3 of 4 from 3. Memphis's DJ Jeffries, Precious, the pair combining for 48 points, 20 of 34 from the floor. Butler's Kamar Baldwin, he had a monster day. He made 11 of his 16 field goals. Eric Stevenson of Wichita State, a career-high 29 points, 9 of 15, 5 of 11 from three. Isaiah Joe of Arkansas, tied his career-high with 34 points, 11 of 18 from the floor, 7 of 13 from three. Joe also had two steals, two blocks, and four rebounds. Even in wins, Ole Miss has allowed opposing players to get theirs. Middle Tennessee, C.J. Jones sank nine shots in 17 tries for 23 points. C-Loss Tyron Brewer exploded for 30 points on 13 of 17, so get better defensively. They're just not playing well in the defensive end. When will they? If they're not doing it now, halfway through the year, when will they? Yeah, I don't, I don't really think they will. I mean, Brian Tyree, look, let's just call it what it is. Brian's not a good defender. Um, he, he gets taken to the rim way too often. You 
frankly, uh, I mean, when shots aren't falling, he's pretty, pretty horrible defender. It feels like some body language issues there. Uh, you know, Schuler was tabbed as a really good on ball defender. And I think he is, but he's even had some lapses this year. KJ Buffett and Blake Henson have not been good. And, and Hadim C is all, as I kind of always say about him, he's been okay. Um, but you know, it's just not really a team that's fit to guard right now. Brian Tyree, when his shots aren't falling, isn't engaged defensively. Devontae Shuler is the only good defender at guard right now. Everyone wondering why Franco Miller is playing. I'll tell you why he's playing. Because he can guard. He can guard. Well, he can't really guard so much as he can get in front of someone. He can provide some resistance. Bryce Williams got hurt, hurt his ankle. He's supposed to be back for Florida. We'll see. But the reason Bryce didn't play so much is because every time Kermit would sub him in, the opposing team would just drive right at him. Same thing with anybody, Austin Crowley, you name it, they would put there. Brian Tyree is never going to be consistently engaged defensively, especially when his offense isn't working. So if you only got Devontae Shuler and you got a liability at the other guard or two guard spots, what do you do? Hadim C isn't providing rim protection. Neither is K.J. Buffin, who cannot stay out of foul trouble. KJ's got that Terrence Davis problem. He's reaching and grabbing too much. And referees don't like him because he consistently complains. It's just a bad place for Ole Miss to be in. And the gauntlet's coming up. If you look at their current schedule, yeah. Florida, LSU twice, Georgia, it's going to be tough. It's going to be there's really a, tough, Tennessee. There, there's a chance they start this thing 0-8. Godspeed. No boy. No boy. You know this kills Kermit, too. Oh, it's tearing him up. Because yeah. every single player on the roster, save for two, Devontae and Brian, are his guys. Yeah. And when they you know. hear him talking about going on the recruiting trail and getting toughness, finding toughness to inject into his roster, that's an ominous thing to be saying. My my favorite thing when he talks about recruiting is that for him to sign somebody, somebody else has got to leave. So like, these Oh, it's guys Carlos are- Curry and Franco. Yeah, well, Sammy Hunter, you got to give him another year. You have to. Yeah. yeah. To. At what point is it okay? Like, I know he didn't get the summer, but at what point is it like fair to worry about that kid if he's doing this next year? Okay, so given the entire year, they shouldn't have to be relying on him this year. That's fair. Yeah. Blake Henson hasn't gotten better. He's still just jacking up threes, and his offense outside of shooting threes. Just dribble a lot, lose the ball, can't finish around the rim. Hadim C., no one could have predicted that he wouldn't finish around the rim consistently. Nobody. KJ refuses to shoot open shots from three. Every area that Kermit kind of honed in on with these certain players, like Brian being engaged consistently defensively, Devontae, we could talk about the offense all day. Hadim C., basically being a rim protector, blocking shots, K.J. Buffett making some threes, staying out of foul trouble, Blake Henson, can you impact the game outside of threes? They haven't gotten better. So, yeah, it's killing Kermit. Cairo at Cairo Namath. Do you think my dad will ever talk to me and my sister again? No. I saw this. I had no clue. No, I don't know who that is. No, no. Why would they? Apparently, they don't like you very much. Samuel Cole at the Samuel Cole if we ever happen to run into you on a game day, would you mind if we stop you? Or are you that guy? I love talking to people. Yeah. I'm actually nicer to people I don't know than people <laughs> I'm close friends with and are my family members. <laughs> yeah. So, so have you gotten ever like a, an autograph or somebody wanted to take a picture with you? Have you ever gotten that? Yeah. A guy said, let me take a picture with you, Spirit Ben. <laughs> but only one time. Only one time. Okay. Wall Feinbaum, 
at Wall Feinbaum. Why does it burn when I pee? This is the second time, Wall. Second time. Get checked. Get some medication. Blue-collared, comma, hard-nosed at Hard Nose 15. Mike McCarthy, please give me your thoughts on our new head coach. Weirdly, while I was underwhelmed, of course I wanted Lincoln Riley. Urban Meyer. Of course I wanted to try something completely different. I'm kind of getting on board with it working. Maybe that's just my Cowboys fandom coming out. But why can't Mike McCarthy be our Andy Reid? Why not? Completely rational thinking. Uh, oh, it's completely irrational. It's <laughs> never going to work. Well, I mean, if he's actually done with the stuff that they, they've said he has, you know, watch film and has gotten all into analytics and stuff, okay, because the knock on him in Green Bay was that he was old school and archaic. Stubborn and to a fault yeah. to his system. But, yes, you're right. That's what I was going to bring up. He's talked up how he's completely embraced analytics. If he's done that, okay, let's go. Yeah. We'll see it, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not encouraged by some of the hires, like Mike Nolan being the defensive coordinator. We've been through Mike Nolan before. Joe Philbin's the offensive line coach. We've been through Joe Philbin. Doug Neusmeyer is going to be the quarterback's coach after John Kitna did a hell of a job as quarterback's coach last year for the Cowboys. Kellen Moore staying, right? Yeah, he's staying. But he's not going to call plays. Mike McCarthy's going to call plays. Yeah. yeah. I was underwhelmed, but being the irrational Cowboys fan that always believes somehow this is going to work, I believe it's going to work, and then I'm ultimately going to be disappointed. I'm wearing a Get- Titans hat right now as we record. I'm ready Get- to completely embrace the Titans. They'll always be my FC team. I'm ready to completely embrace them. But nothing generates the emotion out of me like the Cowboys. Give you 30 seconds. What are they going to do with Dak? They're going to franchise Dak. Franchise him. I didn't, I didn't figure they'd give him a deal. Amari can't realistically ask for more than Julio. Can't do it. Amari wasn't even in on the play to the side of the season this year. That so was no. Jason Garrett's fault. Blue collared <laughs> underscore hard nosed at hard nose 15. What's your most awkward media interaction you've ever had? Oh, that's easy. My very okay. first one-on-one with Mike Bianco. Look. I used to be a huge Ole Miss fan. Everybody knows this. I went to Ole Miss. I don't run from it. Married an Ole Miss girl. I used to work in the Ole Miss Media Relations Department when I was a student. And I worked at Rebel Radio and the DM, all that stuff. But I got a one-on-one with Mike Bianco. And I go over to the Starn Center. And I walk into his office. And I'm a huge Ole Miss fan. And I'm marking out because it's Mike Bianco. And that's back when Ole Miss baseball was at its hottest. And Mike Bianco was a god, right? Because Ole Miss baseball yeah. was terrible. And then it became great. And it was hot. And so I'm walking in there, I sit down with him, and he comes over, and he sits beside me. And before we got started, and I'm embarrassed to even say it, but who cares? It's funny. I said to him, I just want you to know, Coach, um, I'm honored to be sitting here talking to you. I, I really appreciate it. I'm a huge fan of your work. And he looks at me dead-eyed and says, I'm just a baseball coach. <laughs> Talk about shattering little Ben's dreams right then and there. He did it. And I still joke to this day about it. I don't think Mike really remembers it. I've only brought it up to him one time. Now I couldn't care less. But then, though, I felt like I was the size of a thimble. In the uh, 2015 Egg Bowl, like the the one that almost beat Dak on senior night, I had to sit by Steve Robertson. That's awkward. That was an experience. <laughs> Howdy Toddy Lane Train at Jenny underscore Moyer. Honestly. I just want to hear about your trip to Disney World. How adorable were your girls, and did they love it? Favorite rides slash experiences or new things? I've been going to Disney World once a year since I was 10. That's my family spot. Y'all all go to the beach. My mom and dad always took us to Disney World. Of course, my two daughters now are huge Disney people. Gracie will do everything. She loves everything. Her favorite ride is, of course, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Splash Mountain. But Splash Mountain was under construction. I was depressed. That's far and away my favorite ride. 
It's very sentimental for me. But my three-year-old, Riley, she couldn't care less about riding anything. She just wanted to meet characters, and that was fun. I got to take her to meet Merida and all this kind of stuff, and she absolutely tackled Jesse from Toy Story. That was really funny and cute. Um, but she didn't care to ride any rides. She'd rather just meet characters, and they had this parade that goes around the loop right in front of Cinderella Castle, which is a dance party. And she did that three times, just dancing like crazy. And she danced with Jose the parrot from the Three Caballeros, and that was really cool. And I videoed it, and it was fun. So they were awesome. They had a blast. Gracie cried as we drove away, but it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Ole Miss Sports, at Rebel Sports Talk, why do we bake cookies and cook bacon? Shouldn't it be the other way around? No, because you put cookies in the oven and set the baking time or degrees to 450. Yeah. You cook bacon in a skillet on the oven. That's why. Yeah. Are, are you a big raw cookie dough fan? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay good i am trying to diet i'm back on it disney world you can't diet in disney world it's impossible no. it's absolutely impossible especially well, you, if you're on. on a budget and i was on a budget do, do you get some exercise though right oh that doesn't matter <laughs> oh my god that doesn't matter at all i ate terrible came home weighing more than i did when i left but yes i love raw cookie dough have you seen me have you looked at me of course i love raw cookie dough but I'm getting shaved. 2020 is new me. <laughs> oh, I'm doing man. it. Yeah. I'm doing it. But that's why you bake cookies. Of course you bake cookies. And you skillet with bacon. That's what you do. Larry Joe, at Larry Joe 8. Who would you rather party with? Baby Yoda and Baby Groot. Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. Mark Mangino and Charlie Weiss. Only hitting oh. rib joints and buffets for this one. Baby Yoda and Baby Groot. Because that's going to give me clout. National attention. No one cares if I go eat with Lane Kiffin or hang out with Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. It's a cool story to tell, but what is a better story of these three scenarios? I'm with you there. I mean, that's 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 a good point because you get the national clout that you know everybody knows who Baby Yoda is. There's plenty of people who don't know who Lane Kiffin is. If I lived to be 133, 100 years from now, no one would ask me about my party night with Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach or Mark Mangino and Charlie Weiss, they would still be asking me about Baby Yoda and Baby Groot. Yeah, you're right. That carries on forever. Yeah. Yeah, for Mississippi in this little bubble, Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach, yeah. Now, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are relevant on the national stage, but they're not Baby Yoda and Baby Groot. <laughs> Ole Miss is wide receiver you at Chop Chop 1414. What's on my mind is a lack of Ben Garrett character voice impersonations. Oh, God. Throw some of them on the pot as well as the ones you are working on. We have heard Mickey Mouse. I do Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Elmo, and I'm working on a Goofy. That's what I'm working That's on. That's what I was asking. Do you do a Goofy? Yeah, kind of. I can do him falling off a cliff. But you can pick <laughs> one, one voice. Colin can be the voice for old Mrs. Wide Receiver U and ask me to do okay. one voice. And only one voice because I don't want to do oh, this. We're going with Fozzie here. A banana cream pie. Pro mindset. <laughs> at Tanichi underscore Steven. Is it possible to get at Coach Wilson Love on the pod? He's old Mrs. New Strength and Conditioning Coach. Would love to hear his thoughts and enthusiasm. I'd love to have Wilson Love on the podcast. But while these coaches have been very welcoming to local media and talked to us off the record, as far as just being cordial and stuff, they're not giving us any information. They don't do media appearances, and that's a directive of Lane Kiffin. Yep. I'll keep trying. Yep. We'll see. 
I wouldn't get my hopes up there. Samuel yep. Cole, at the Samuel Cole, did you wake up early for Rise of the Resistance boarding group? If so, was it worth it? I did. It was awesome. I was the only one of our nine-person travel party that woke up to do this. I don't know if you heard about this, Colin, but it's the most popular ride at Disney World right now. The new Star Wars okay. stuff at Hollywood Studios. It's brand new. You have to get up at the crack of dawn just to be in the park because Rise of the Resistance, it's all done through the app. They do boarding groups. They don't do the lines, the fast passes. You have to be in the park at 7 a.m. when it opens, hit join boarding group, and hope that you've done it in time to get in a boarding group because these things fill up in like a minute and a half. Jesus. So I got Yeah, it's crazy. I got up at 4.30 in the morning. I was like, look, I'm paying four grand to do this. I've been to Disney World before. I'm going to do the one thing I want to do. So 4.30, I'm getting up, and I'm not a morning person. Anybody that knows me knows this. Colin knows this. Not a morning person. But I got up, drove to Hollywood Studios, pulled into the parking lot. It was like I was a worker. It's like I worked there. There was nobody (laughs) in the parking lot. And I get in line. They didn't open the gates until 6.15. I get in line. I'm like four people back in my line. By 5.30, 5.45, it was like a sea of people behind me, to my left and right and behind me. They let us in. We go all the way through the park up until – the frozen sing-along building. Standing there, I have no clue where we're going. I haven't been to Hollywood Studios since they've done this Star Wars stuff. And I'm standing there, 7 o'clock hits. I had it timed perfect. Join boarding group. I'm boarding group 28. It's pretty good. The dude right beside me, boarding group 77. Oh, my God. They only go up to 115 for guaranteed boarding groups. After that, no shot. So I followed the crowd. We went all the way to Galaxy's Edge. Ended up at Smuggler's Run, the Millennium Falcon ride, where you drive the Millennium Falcon, but the group I was with, the three other people, they didn't speak English, so they couldn't understand what the ride was telling them to do. You're supposed to push buttons, drive the Millennium Falcon, gun stuff down. They're telling them to go to light speed. They don't hit the button, so I'd get up in front of them and hit the button for them. <laughs> I was getting mad. I'm like, they're telling you to go to light speed. They're saying go to light speed, and they wouldn't do it. So I finally just got up and hit the button for them. But um, I left Hollywood Studios. We had a character breakfast with Flynn Rider, Rapunzel, <laughs> Prince Eric, and Ariel. My God, this trip. <laughs> so I left Hollywood Studios. It was at the boardwalk, got on a boat, went to the boardwalk, and they called my boarding group at 9.06, so I had to 11.06 to go get in line for the ride. And I did it, and man, it was incredible. It was incredible. I've so, never seen anything like it. It's 20 minutes. It's a mixture of animatronics, simulations, and also live in-person acting from Disney crew members. And you get, I don't want to spoil it for too many people, but you get taken prisoner by the First Order and put in a jail cell, and then you get broken out. It's incredible. Completely worth it. Glad (laughs) I did it. Man, Disney World wore me out, man. Brad J. at Grizz Tank Season. Ben, how's Mike Juarez looking? (laughs) (laughs) I saw Also, how's Romel Maggio coming along? They're going to be great, man. (laughs) They're going to be awesome. Name me another player in the preseason that was more overhyped than Romel Maggio. Ooh, I almost said Hadim C, but. Oh, boy. <laughs> Harold Tesley at Harold Tesley. Ben, any way you could do more than two podcasts a week, I look every day to see if you have posted. Well, that's nice of you. That's sweet. Not right now. Not right now. I'm thinking about going to three in two or three weeks, and I've thought about going every day, but it just wears me out sometimes, man. Michael Luker at Luker Michael O2. Class of 2024 might have the best four years on campus sports wise. Yes or no? It's hard to project that forward. You go ahead and knock this one out, Kyle. Well, I, I responded to him. Um, 
I was there 2012 football season through 2016 baseball season. So that was my four years. Uh, we had four bowl games, two New Year's six bowl games, uh, two NCAA tournaments, an SEC basketball championship, two hosted baseball regionals, and a college World Series appearance. Uh, it's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, it's tough to beat. I was there 04 to 08. Go look at those years. You, Go are, look you at those. Got, wait, yeah, you didn't even get the Cotton Bowl. So oh, yeah, no, yeah. I got Ethan Flat. <laughs> then three years of Ed Orgeron, Seth Adams, all that. Baseball wise, they hosted two Super Regionals and lost two Game Threes. But other that's than right. That, that's right. Miami was one of them, right? Yeah, Miami and Texas. Yeah. Oh my God, I was in right field when Stephen had struck out. Yeah. Then Texas went undefeated in Omaha. That's how you know sports isn't a movie because if sports was a movie, head hits that ball into the right field stance. Yeah, where I was sitting. <laughs> Basketball, yeah, that wasn't the time. Ooh, that was riding. AK, AK had some decent first seasons. Yeah, AK was fine. They tied for the SEC West his first yeah. year. <sighs> Did any of those years coincide with an NIT Final Four? No, I don't think so. No, because 08 was uh, the year that uh, – AK got in trouble up in Cincy and all the guards <laughs> tore the ACLs. Oh, that was my college career. <laughs> uh, well, AK had an international incident. Beham Ole Miss Club at Beham Rebel Club. Basketball is sorely missing Luis Rodriguez, no doubt. He can guard positions two and three. He can guard more than that, which we have been torched by lately. When is he back? He was supposed Next to be year. back in six to eight weeks, but I think he's out for the year. I don't think he's yeah. Gonna... What, what's the point of bringing him back? And like people are saying, take the red straw off Strong Robinson. I'm like, for what? Yeah, for like, what? For what? The NCAA tournament discussion is over right now. Yeah. No need to even have it. No, for what? Yeah. I think they'll try to redshirt him. I've actually heard that they're going to try to redshirt him. Yeah, Kermit said as much in uh, his press conference. I know there you. you didn't, yeah, I know you probably didn't see it. I, was, I wasn't there. I wasn't paying attention yeah. to any old Miss stuff. I want people to know something. <laughs> for the first time since 2013, I did not have my computer with me for a full week. It was incredible. Wow. I didn't know you didn't take it. I told you not to. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad you did. I didn't do it, or I didn't carry my computer because of you. So thank you. I didn't <laughs> do it. Welcome. I said, you know what? The world is not going to stop spinning if I don't have my computer. He's right. <laughs> and I didn't carry it. And it was great. What, what were they going to do if, if, if something broke and Ben wasn't there? I feel like it had been all right. David had been fine. Yeah. He had been fine. Old days. No. <laughs> I didn't have my computer in 2016 because I was in a musical in South Haven that my brother wanted me to be in. The Music Man. Honest to God, this is what I was doing. When the news that Hugh Freeze had been fired actually broke. And it was Chuck and Yancey trying to figure out how to cover this. <laughs> Dear God. But I agree that uh, Ole Miss sorely misses Luis Rodriguez. We undervalued Terrence Davis. We didn't yes. appreciate how good he was and Ole Miss having an NBA player at the three as well as featuring a roster with seven newcomers. And Luis you know Rodriguez is the only player on the roster that did some of the things that Terrence Davis did well. Losing him left a huge, huge hole. And I think that swung at least two, three games away from Ole Miss, quite frankly. You know what has surprised me about Terrence? I don't want to get too far off topic. He's defended really well in the NBA. Really has, yeah. Yeah. And that's a credit to Kermit Davis. He did yes. that. Oh, man. Luis Rodriguez going down. I never thought that would be the moment that we'd look back on and say, yep, that's when it turned for sure. Yeah, but it was because they can't guard. They can't guard. Zach, at Boyd ZJ 1234 
this year's LSU team versus the end of 2015 and 2008 Ole Miss teams. I think it would beat the 2008 Ole Miss team, but yeah. I've contended that Ole Miss that year in 2015 at the end of the year could have beaten anybody they lined up against, would have beaten anybody they lined up against. Had 4th and 25 not happened, I firmly believe they get into the playoff, all bets off, win a national championship. Yeah, they, they were one of the best teams in the country that year. No one yeah. was playing better. Maybe Stanford. Maybe Stanford. Yeah, I can't really debate it. I mean, they beat the Alabama team that went and won the national title. So, uh, you know, look, I, I think LSU probably – I don't know. I, I have a weird feeling about tonight that Clemson's going to make this a lot more fun than, than people anticipate. Spoiler alert. This is going up first thing Tuesday morning, but we recorded on Monday before the national championship game. Thanks for spoiling that, Colin. Uh, you can edit it out. No, no, I'm leaving it in. Mississippi born and raised at sports 42871-2351. Good Lord, change your handle. <laughs> Make an early prediction of how Ole Miss's 2020 season will go, starting with Baylor and Houston. Matt Rule's gone. All bets are off. I think Ole Miss is going bowling next year. Maybe I'm just riding the wave a little bit. I think they find a way to win six games, but that schedule's really tough. We'll get right back to Colin Brister in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after we hear briefly from Modern Woodman and BNA Bank, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Man, if they don't win six games, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be just straight up honest with you. If they don't win six games next year, it's a disappointment. You got Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. You need to win those three games, like and Baylor. Win three of those four. Like, that shouldn't be overly complicated. So I think six and six should be. I think that should be viewed as a necessity. To be honest with you, we said the exact same thing about this year. <laughs> yeah, but Matt Luke was coaching that. I agree, but don't ever put it past Ole Miss to find some way to destroy you. <laughs> Y'all uh, all know this by now. Come on. I'm buying that Ole Miss is going bowling. 601 Rev Fan for Life. Do you think it takes three or four years before Leach pulls a nut and just gives up and sails off into the sunset with all of State's gold? He doesn't have the roster that Nut inherited from Ed Orgeron. Yeah. It's going to take some building from Mike Leach. I just don't know if I buy that he's going to do that because he has no interest in recruiting. Yeah. Leach Fiston started a true freshman at quarterback, though, because I don't think that cat that they play in the Egg Bowl fits his system very well. I think Schrader yeah. will be their starter. You think? See, here's here's an interesting tidbit. 
State signed a kid from Brandon, which uh, is where Gardner Minshew went to school. And the kid that they signed's dad was Minshew's coach in high school. So he's got a ready-made quarterback for that system. It's all lining up. T, at <laughs> underscore, it's just Tyler. Yeah, is there any way Matt Morell can go ahead and start playing for Ole Miss? God, that'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> Ole Miss needs a score, not one that just settles. Matthew Morell attacks the rim constantly. Hey, hey man, who's scoring on this team next year? Matthew Morell. Yeah, that's Devontae Shuler. He ain't yeah. going nowhere. No, nobody's looking at him this year, wanting I thought he had some NBA potential, but my God, man. I know he wants to leave. He ain't gonna leave. But I also know that he does want to play with Jarkel Joyner. Okay, there's a that that's the answer. That he's gonna have to score. This is gonna be a hot take, and I'm not sure I want to say it. I'm not sure Ole Miss won't be better off without Brian. Not gonna debate you on that because I don't I like Brian a lot. I really do. Personally, great dude. But not having him consistently engaged defensively, it kills Ole Miss. Especially we don't have Terrence Davis to make up for him, Devontae Shuler to make up for him. Don't have rim protection. It just kills you. You leak like a sieve. He doesn't make players around him better. And I think that's one of the bigger negatives about him. More from Tyler. Seriously, though, is there any possibility of a locker room problem? The body language and toughness of this team is questionable every game. Kermit said as much. Yeah. They don't have loud enough voices in the locker room. But I when the coach like is talking about going on the recruiting trail, yeah, they like each other. But when a coach is talking about going on the recruiting trail and adding toughness to his roster, that's an ominous thing to say. Yeah, it, we're to that point now. And, man, it's um, a tough situation for pretty much everybody involved because I don't think Kermit's happy with anybody right now. And I don't, frankly, think anybody outside of who. Like, if you told me – Anybody beside Devontae Shuler, Austin Crowley, Sammy Hunter, Blake Henson, and K.J. Buffin weren't here next year? I'm not shocked. Oh, I, I would be. I could get into that, but we don't have time. Dave, okay. at Dave underscore Elmore, what is the best-case scenario for Ole Miss football over the next 12 months? Sign a top-20 recruiting class in February. I first reported in the Ole Miss spirit. Devon Clowney's coming in this weekend for a visit. Wayne Dorsey, former Ole Miss player, a coach for him up in Maryland, is coming with him. Um, that'd be a big get. I don't think they're going to sign a huge group in February, but I think they could sign a pretty star-studded group if everything falls right. Freddie Roach leaving, that hurts McKinley Jackson, but I thought they weren't going to get McKinley Jackson anyway. So I think a um, best case for them is a top-20 class in the Belk Bowl. The Belk Bowl, that'd be fun. Yeah, go to Charlotte. I love Charlotte. 7-5 in a uh, top-15, top-12 class in December. Um, the Music City Bowl would... Welcome Ole Miss with open arms. Welcome them back. Say, hey, old friend, it's good to see you. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I would like Ole Miss, and I don't think they're going to be good enough to do it next year. I'd really like to see them play in one of those bowl games down in Florida. Never been to Florida to see them play. It's been a while. They were supposed to go to the Cap 1 Bowl oh, if nah. they had beaten Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl in 2009. And Kendrell Lockett will tell you to this day, I still hold it over his head. I've told this story a thousand times before the Mississippi State game. I'm sitting there talking to 40. I'm like, hey, man, Mississippi State, y'all ready? He's like, oh, don't worry about Mississippi State, Ben. Come on, it's Mississippi State. I have never let him live it down. I never will. <laughs> I said I'd stop talking about it. I won't. They were going to the Cap 1 Bowl. Could have gone to Orlando, man. All you had to do was beat State, and State sucked, and you lost. And you yeah. lost in embarrassing fashion. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, the Outback Bowl would be fun. The Gator Bowl would be fun. All I remember about the Gator Bowl is all the stories my dad told me about losing to Michigan. That's it. Got pounded, didn't they? Oh, my God. David Hudson at Huddy32. David Justice or Andrew Jones? Andrew Jones. Yeah. The offense is comparable. Defense. It's not even close. Yeah. yeah. 
Should be a Hall of Famer. Ryan Wiggins, if you're AA, Alex Anthropolis, the GM for the Atlanta Braves, and have complete control of decisions, who are you signing, promoting, or trading for to play third base? Josh Donaldson. You don't have to give up any prospect capital. Josh Donaldson. You just got to spend money. They've already spent more money than I expected them to. But Josh Donaldson, that's what I'm doing. I'd give him an extra year. If it doesn't work, who cares? You sign Ronald Acuna and Ozzie Albee so cheaply over the next seven to ten years that you can afford to make a mistake. Make a mistake. If you give Josh Donaldson a fourth year and he sucks in years three and four, doesn't matter. Still be worth it. Yeah, and even ju- like not good Josh Donaldson is still productive, I think. And the DH is coming to the NL anyway. Yeah, they keep and, and I believe you. They keep saying that. When like, do you know a year that you expected to be here? Twenty twenty two. Okay. Next the next labor. collective bargaining agreement bargaining. is twenty twenty one. I think. Okay. So yeah, twenty twenty two. White underscore Flanos at M Bullock seventy seven for both of you. What's your craziest night on the square story <laughs> during your college days? Could have happened to you or someone you saw happen to another person. I won't say his name, but he knows if he's listening who it is. Saw a buddy of mine got punched out. Uh, man, I got one I can't tell. <laughs> I've got many I can't tell, but that's the one I can tell. I had a friend that I'm not going to mention the athlete's name, but uh, he got into it with a pretty prominent football player and got put in a hospital. Oh, boy. Yeah. Ty, a true rebel underscore 99. How much can Matthew Morell help the team? A lot. A lot. <laughs> Just think about this. Whatever order you want to put it in, Jarkel Joyner, Devontae Shuler, Matthew Morell. Those are three guys that can go score on their own, can create on their own. And that makes Blake Henson the fourth score, KJ Buffin the fifth, Hadim C the sixth. It all falls into place. Ole Miss doesn't have a third scorer that it can trust. And his top two scores, Devontae and Brian, are so volatile that you can't trust them. You can't count on them night in and night out to be efficient offensively. And defensively, Brian's terrible. How long do you let Coach Yo stay? I have no idea. I actually think she's a good basketball coach. And, and I, look, I she's know a good recruiter. You give her at least two more years. She won four games last year with an absolute shell of a roster. I, 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 yes, you give her two more years before you even think about discussing her. Jared Robinson, at Jared underscore R25. If you could have a sit-down interview with anyone in the world, who would it be? It could be celebrity, coach, player, etc. One of two people. It's easy for me. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Dolly Parton. I have an interesting one. Uh, if they have to tell the truth, I would love to talk to Pete Rose. Well, Pete's kind of admitted that he did it. Well, yeah, but I think there's more details that, that if he's forced to tell the truth, I'd like to like get into how he got caught. Not well, if you were going to do forced to tell the truth, you talk to OJ. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good yeah. Lord. <laughs> but personally, <laughs> there are few people in this world that I love more than Stone Cold Steve Austin. Did you see the Chiefs celebration yesterday? Yes. That was of course awesome. it did. Yes. They did a lot of celebrating. And they should. <laughs> 24 to nothing. I'll tell you this. Bill O'Brien deserved that. After kicking that field goal on fourth and one at the Chiefs 13, up 21 points, you deserve to lose like that. Man, when the, and I'm rooting because, look, I love Deshaun Watson. I'm rooting hard for the Texans. And as soon as he kicked that field goal, I was like, well, it's time for Bill O'Brien to screw this up. And yep. about 15 minutes later, he had screwed it up. I like the fake punt call. Sorensen just made a good play. I don't mind the fake punt call. I mind the fake punt call because – I'm the all right. I'm the guy that you either hit on 15 at blackjack or you don't. You don't do one or, and not the other. So why are you running the fake punt but not going for it on fourth and an inch? That's the question. In a vacuum, I totally love the fake punt. Going for a field goal in the points, unbelievable. 
You have Deshaun Watson, who I think we can all agree, even though I hate it, it pains me. Dabo Swinney called Deshaun Watson Michael Jordan. I buy it. He's good, man. He's awesome. Poor dude runs for his life. He reminds me, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Aaron Rodgers some, the way he can, the throws he can make and how he can move in the pocket. He reminds me of John Elway or Steve Young. Okay, well, I I didn't watch that much, but yeah. Oh, God, I forgot you're young. Crawford (laughs) Pay at C. Pay Pay. If Tua's brother transfers, we'll almost take a look at him. I have no idea, probably. I mean, Lane Kiffin's checking on pretty much any graduate transfer that matters. So, yeah, probably. Well, I mean, he's a he's a sophomore, or I think he's even redshirted this year. Um, I don't think they think he's that good, though. Jeremy Hustle at WPS Hog Wild, a big Arkansas fan here. Who would win in a street fight battle royale among SEC coaches? Oh, that's easy at overdrawn. Ed, Ed, because and I've answered this before because you'd have to kill him. I mean, Ed ain't gonna stop. Yeah, he, I love the going- quote from Ed too. The most football guy quote ever. If I ever get out of bed and can't whoop a man's ass. Basically, just kill me now. I love that. It's the most yeah. on-brand Ed Orgeron thing ever. Number two, I guess we could debate number two. Number two, I'm taking Derek Mason. Yeah. See, because I see Will Muschamp, boom, Muschamp, as fake, fake tough. tough. Yeah. yeah. Dan Mullen, he ain't beating nobody in nothing. No. no. Lane Kiffin would get winded so quick. <laughs> Saban might. I can, I can listen oh, to Oh, Saban. Saban's got that old man energy, but he ain't hanging with Ed Orgeron. No, 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 no. no. But... Yeah, past Mason and, and Orgeron, I'll listen to Saban. Coach 13-0 and 0 at Tiger Bait Zero, who would win in a Fortnite Battle Royale? Gus Malzahn. Yeah, Gus is, like, everybody does the he's smarter than you joke, but, like, I think Gus actually is smarter than everyone else. And we're finishing with a bang. Dave at Dave underscore Elmore. Why do you suck so bad sometimes? Well, I mean. That's a question. That's a great question. I guess we're not always at our best every single day. No one is. I'm human. I'm human, Dave. Dave's a friend. I like Dave. He's good people. He's an online friend. It's not like we, me and Dave hang out, but Dave's good online people. He's just joking. It's been Talk of Champions, a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. All right for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com and a fleet of 247 Sports. Talk of Champions is also available on SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. So what's the top Ole Miss story you're paying attention to this week? Uh, it's not basketball, so uh, is football going to make a move this week? It feels like this is getting close to nut-cutting time where you've got to fill out a staff, so it's certainly the staff hires. Ole Miss baseball opens practices January 15th, and then Ole Miss takes on top-ranked Louisville to open the year with the three-game set. What are your thoughts on Ole Miss baseball right now? I mean, I'll give you a prediction. I think they host a regional this year. I think they're going to be really good, man. I, you know, I get the, the hesitation from the 17 class, much of newcomers. I think their pitching is going to be able to overcome it. Uh, they were ranked number 25 in D1 baseball. I think that's about right. Uh, but I think they finished the year in the top 16. So we'll see. Perfect game has them at 18. Kind of like it. Yeah, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. I just hope that people will judge this season in a vacuum and not so much on past failures of Mike Bianco. Because I think this team, if you look at them singularly for what they are, are going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, they're going to be a bunch of young kids that you hope get hot at the end. And I tell you what, they're going to be a lot better next year than they are this year. I will say that. I think Mike Bianco deserves to see this group through at least next year. Yeah. Now, this group's got to have results. Oh, of course. They can't be terrible. But they're not going to be terrible because they're going to be able to pitch. Doug yep. Casey, Gunnar Hoagland, Derek Diamond, they've got special talent on the mound. And the bullpen, equally as strong. 
I'll so they're going to pitch it. Can they hit enough? That's going to be the question. Yeah. I'll give you one bold prediction. I think Gunnar Hoagland is the Friday night starter by the end of the year. I, I think he's going to have a phenomenal season. Well, basically because you could do the whole Christian Trent thing. Yeah. Because if Gunnar wins on Friday, it's gravy. You're going <laughs> to dominate Saturday because there's going to be no Saturday starter that's going to be better than Doug Nikhazy. So I could buy that. Yeah. And I, well, I just think Gunnar's going to pitch like the first round pick. He probably should be. I think Derek Diamond is going to be a monster. <laughs> he was getting people out throwing 87 miles an hour this fall, which I guess could alarm you a little bit, but I think it speaks to how good he is. The stuff is there. The fastball is going to tick up. Don't pay attention to anything in the fall. If Mike Bianco is already writing in Justin Bench at second base, Peyton Chatney dazzled in the fall. And if that wasn't enough to secure a starting yeah. spot going into January well, practices. Ben, he had Chatney in left field. No way. Yeah, he had Chatney in left field. So Hayden Leatherwood was in right. Yes, and Cade Sammons was at center, Elko was at first, and I think Dunhurst was at catcher. Wow. I got most of that right. I had Dunhurst at catcher. I wrote a projected lineup, I think, last week. Dunhurst at catcher, Elko at first, but I had Chatney at second. You say it's Justin Bench. Okay. Shortstop, Anthony Servideo, Tyler Keenan, yep. third base. It's hard to put the outfield pieces together on paper. Cade Sammons had a great fall. It makes sense he'd be the starting center fielder, but I think that's the most unsettled position. He's going to have to be good in January because Justin Bench can play there. John Rice can play there. Jerry on Ely can play there. Right field is Hayden Leatherwood because he can play both corners. He's obviously going to start. But left field, Peyton Chatagnier. Wow. You know, look, there's obviously some stuff's got to be sorted out over the spring, but going in, I think Chatagnier is uh, – his fall was loud enough that, that I don't think they projected him to have that good of a fall. And they it was didn't. Loud enough. Yeah. So. Kevin Graham is not going to play in the field if they don't have to put him there. <laughs> yeah, you, you start tossing balls to the pitcher that's farther away from you to first base, and they kind of look down on that. Yeah. He's the DH. <laughs> he's, he's like, I mean, obviously he's nothing compared to David Ortiz, but he's the guy that they pray to God they don't have to put at first base. Don't write off Ben Van Cleve either, though, for left field. Yeah, they need a guy that can hit uh, left-handers, and he's a right-handed power guy, so, yeah, I wouldn't either. Where would Kel Baker fit in? Hmm. If Tim Elko doesn't hit first base. Yeah, um, he's going to have to be able to handle velocity, though. I think there were concerns in the fall about him not handling velo, so we'll see early on about that. I would agree, though, the top Ole Miss storyline this week, how Lane Kiffin, if he does, rounds out his staff. I think one position will go into March. I don't know if it'll be cornerbacks, defensive line. One position, I think, will go into March. But I think he'll hire one of those two positions potentially this week. So we'll see. Derek Nix, back at Ole Miss as the wide receivers coach. It's big news (laughs) for Mississippi recruiting. I will say about Derek Nix, 13 years. Yeah, so so we were talking about this. He got let go. Does he get his buyout money? I have no idea. No clue. I won't pretend to know. I don't know. The man has survived head coach after head coach. He's going to start drawing retirement in two years. (laughs) Great for him, man. Great for him. Good dude, but just completely surreal. Completely (laughs) surreal. When I heard it, I didn't believe it. Then David reported it. I called him. I couldn't believe it. It's shocking. (laughs) But hey, Derek Nix, wide receivers coach. I think it'll do wonders for Mississippi recruiting. Almost needed that. So we'll see. It's been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Colin Brister. Thanks, man. We'll do it again. Absolutely. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.